G'day, mate. And welcome to Restless. <laughs> I think it was two different accents. I'm not even sure what that was. <laughs> Australian and Italian, perhaps? <laughs> yeah. <Some> sort of. <laughs> coming to you live out of Stanford, Connecticut, because if we were dead in Stanford, Connecticut, we wouldn't be coming to you. <laughs> So here we are in Restless. We are restlessly seeking the face of God and not getting enough sleep, clearly. <laughs> and you've joined Diane and you've Joe, Lauren, <laughs> and Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut. Indeed. And we are here and we're talking about uh, we're talking about advice that we've received, some of the greatest advice we've ever received, and some of the worst advice we've ever received. Because uh, you know, we've we've all probably Heard it, you know, especially as a young person, maybe growing up as a teen or in your college years, you know, our, our elders will often say, hey, Shunny. Because that's how my grandparents oh, spoke all the time. They sound ancient. <laughs> well, honestly, like, my, I think all, all my grandparents died in their 70s, but when I was 12, they were ancient. Mm-hmm. I was like, oof. And now that I'm 37, like, that was a long time ago too. Seven, so, yeah, it was. Yeah, the 90s, right? <laughs> that was a long time ago. So, uh, what what are some of the pieces of advice you've received that may have changed your life, or uh, or shook you up, or I don't know? What are your thoughts? All three of them, by the way, said they had not prepared for this episode. So we'll, <laughs> we'll find out what gems they well, come out. This with. is one where you know, read the topic, and it's like, hmm. What is the greatest piece of advice I've ever received? I mean, I've been getting advice my entire life, right? Like aging, getting older, you were constantly um, being taught, guided, corrected on your behavior, right? As a kid, you know, to be more polite or be, be a little bit more bold. Don't be so shy. Try a little bit harder. I mean, man, now I'm just thinking back to, you know, getting in the car with my dad after a basketball game and I knew I didn't do well, you know, like as a middle schooler and he'd be like, so Lauren, and I'd be like, <laughs> don't start. I know, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that happens, you know, through all of life. But, you know, I, I'm someone that's, I think, constantly learning and trying to be better. So I do appreciate advice. Um, again, I can't really remember much of it, but uh, what, <laughs> what did come to mind for this, because it's more recent, was um, just uh, one of the talks from my retreat in Spain, March of 2020, which was live for eternity. Mm. So that did really change my view of things um, to not be so caught up in the day-to-day stuff, right? Because it's so easy to get frustrated when things don't go your way or, you know, people can just be irritating, um, putting a lot of effort into something. And then, I don't know, for me, it's like a lot of relationship things that tend to frustrate me, like people asking me what day is it what time is it when I've like already emailed them I've already like done everything and mm. like they just need to read my email and so it's like <laughs> just respond to the text you know but like to not be so frustrated and caught up in things that do not matter right because our goal is to go to heaven be with God forever and ever so to live for eternity and have that as your constant you know forward-looking desire that's and goal good. that's good I came up with a couple pieces of advice I can remember receiving or hearing someone else say. Um, one I thought was good. Um, th- this was a couple years ago. I was on. I, I was. I was with a lot of seminarians from the diocese, and um, one sem- two seminarians were discussing whether or was, one was actually really complaining about the fact that our song for that day wasn't in Latin, and they're sort of bickering about this. And the first seminarian finally said, "Well, Latin is the preferred language of Holy Mother Church." Without missing a beat, a nearby priest turned to him and said, "Don't be more Catholic than the Church." 
I thought that was a great line. Don't be more Catholic than the church. Cause it's a real temptation to be like, well, this is how it has to be. And this is what the catechism says. But like what actually matters is that you're preaching the gospel and not trying to be so like officious and, you know, buttoned down that you're more trying to like sort of flex your orthodoxy on people. So that was something that was one that I took to heart. Hmm. That's good. I like that. Yeah, so I'm a self-proclaimed nerd, and so uh, 50, I would say like 50% of the photos on my phone are uh, just, you know, screenshots of spiritual books and things I'm reading and quotes from the saints. Um, So, I mean, but there are some, there were a lot that I scrolled through uh, to prepare the five minutes before this episode, but um, (laughs) one that I, I, there are some themes, common themes. So I'll read one. One of my favorite saints is... um, St. Jose Maria Escriva, and he's very easy to read, Opus Dei, uh, sort of, you know, how do, how do you glorify God in your everyday work life and holiness and everything. So he, uh, yeah, I'll just read this. Um, now that I'm confiding in you as a friend, as a priest, and as a father, I would like to remind you that in every circumstance of our lives, we are, by God's mercy, children of our Almighty Father, who is in heaven, but who also dwells in the intimacy of our hearts. I would like to engrave upon your minds the conviction that since your Father well knows what you need, we have every reason to be optimistic on our journey through this life, with our souls completely detached from those earthly things that seem so very necessary. God will provide— Believe me, this is the only way to be lords of creation and to avoid the pitiful slavery into which so many people fall because they forget that they are children of God and spend their time worrying about tomorrow or a future that they may never see. So for Mm. me, this is like just a theme of my spiritual life and life in general because I try to be, I am a perfectionist. I like to control things. I try to be the lord of my own life. And I like ultimately comes down to the just forgetting that like I am a child of God, that I'm holy, chosen and loved by him. And that really all of this time that I spend worrying about, you know, things that may never happen um, or just, you know, like, yeah, just kind of the the way that the, I I would like things to play out. It's like it it's ultimately like a lack of trust in this good God who really knows all of my desires and knows what I need for my salvation. And so yeah, it, it's it's a reminder just to kind of like be detached from everything that we think that we need because God knows and there's something really like if you um, if you kind of pray about that, there's something super joyful uh, in in knowing that like you don't have to construct all of these sort of things that you think that you need um, and work out a path of you know however I'm going to achieve X Y and Z because. Yeah, ultimately, it's it's God who is who's moving first in our life. So, um, I just I really I like that quote. So. Amen. Amen. One more piece of advice that I <clears throat> received a couple years ago that actually really did change how I looked at my day and like how I structured my life. I was uh, um, so when I, when I went I went to college at Maris and um, they did like this busy persons retreat. So rather than having to give up a weekend, you could go for like half an hour with somebody. And so you're sort of supposed to do these readings in advance and you'd meet with this person for half an hour a day for the week. And I didn't think I had enough time to do this, but I signed up for it and I blew, blew past all the readings and completely was the terrible participant and didn't do any of the things I was supposed to do. But I went to the, to the meeting with the person and I got assigned a man by the name of Sean Salmon, who's a Maris brother. He actually was their superior general for a period of time. He's a really smart guy, really good guy. And I was I would always structure my day so that everything started and ended at the same time. So it was never any time to travel. So I'd always be sort of flustered and, and you know, and like running late to things or whatever. So I busted into his house probably three minutes late and was like sort of getting up, you know, erupting from my chair to leave quickly to get to my next thing. And he said, Joe, you need to slow down and give yourself time in your day. 
and it like kind of struck me that that he was right that I wasn't I wasn't fully participating in anything I was actually doing because I was always worried about okay I'm late but it's okay and now I have to be the next place I don't want to be late to there so I need to get going so I need to get, we, we need to finish this we need to wrap it up and like being present and structuring my day to be present so not just mentally saying I'm going to be present but saying okay the meeting at two fifteen I have to it has to be at two thirty because I'm I'm ten minutes away at two fifteen you know at two fifteen mm. and, and not not packing things so tightly together that I then just can't catch my breath throughout my day. So that has changed the way I look at my day and has made me a more relaxed person, therefore think a more effective person the things I try to do. Nice. For me, one I'll never forget is I used to go on these uh, these retreats. I, I think I may have mentioned this name of this place before, but I'm still embarrassed to talk about it. Catholic Family I was going to say it. I was yes. going to say it. Knew it. Yeah, Catholic Family Land. Yeah. <laughs> and they were great. And and one of the things they did was uh, adoration for the teens on one of the last nights. And all their, all of our parents wrote letters to us. And it was it was very moving. Uh, it was really nice. And and one thing that my dad wrote in the letter that I've, I've often used and has always stuck with me is he said, discouragement is from the devil. I always thought that was great. Discouragement is from the devil. Like it's never from the Holy Spirit. It's never from God. You know, and anytime you feel discouraged, you can immediately know that's that's the evil one working on you. And and that that has gotten me through a lot because there's times you're in spiritual life, you're like, ah, oh, I just, you know, sinned again. I'm still struggling with this. But you know what? That discouragement is not from God. It's from the devil. So I never forgot that. I thought that was pretty good. Now, if you could go back and give your younger self some advice. What would you say about anything, about work, relationships, dating, school, your spiritual life, anything? Like, what, what would you say to your younger self? What did your younger self need to hear and maybe didn't hear? I needed to hear um, something along the lines of people will not remember this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the way that you think they will, because I would scrutinize over things like I can't raise my hand in class unless I have my answer perfectly crafted in my head so I don't pause or stumble on my word. Like I was so timid and shy and afraid to like stumble in any kind of a way that it really held me back. Um, I think I shared this before, but one example was um, doing the eighth grade play in middle school. There was a singing part that you can learn, which I did learn. Like we rented the CD from the library and I practiced it and I can sing and I could sing it well. Um, But I was so shy and, you know, terrified. And then we got to the audition and the director said, you don't have to sing that part to audition if you don't want to. And that was such a relief. So I didn't do it. And then I got some, you know, I'm in the choir kind of a role. It was Oliver, just part of the cast and singing with everybody. And then I remember in the dress rehearsal, sitting in the back of the auditorium and listening to people with these little lines that they got to sing on their own. And it was like, I could sing just as well as them, right? Mm. But actually, I'm like a really talented singer. So like, I probably would have gotten like a much bigger role. You know, but I held myself back like mm. in so many ways. And then I finally had that like, yeah, I scrutinize over everything. And I think everyone's going to remember, but people like instantly forget. And half of the people aren't even paying attention to you to begin with. So why <laughs> are you even scrutinizing over it? You know? Yeah, but middle school, everyone thinks that they're the center of the world. Yeah. Right? I mean, we all but some people I think are more free yeah. than others, like willing to take risks, you know, okay with making a mistake, right? Yeah, some are. You know, some are trying out for the team. I don't know, whatever. I mean, I held myself back in sports too. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not supposed to uh, look better than the senior, so I'm not going to try as hard. And it was like a one-on-one basketball like bracket um, competition within our practice, and I got all the way to the last round, which like I surprised myself because I was always timid and shy and like holding myself back. And then it's like, oh well, Sarah's supposed to win. 
But no, Sarah was not supposed to win. Like I was supposed oh, to try the hardest did, that I could try. Did Sarah win? Did yeah. You, you like kind of like Yes. <laughs> I didn't try my hardest, but mm-hmm. I was like in a total groove, like in all the previous games, like making all these shots. So I don't know. But yeah, it's like just I would hold myself back like in all these ways. Hmm. So it really helped me to like get over fear and um, put myself out there a little bit more. That's good advice. Yeah. And I still tell it to people today because, I mean, it's a common thing that people are like afraid of public speaking or doing something where like a room will be on them. And I say it all the time. What I do say is no one cares. And then people are like, well, people care. Like, all right, well, that's not what I mean. (laughs) But they are not going to remember, you know, like every little thing that you just did the way you think they will. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I um one thing that I, I sort of took as a motto eventually that I realized is I always say it's not who's best, it's who's last. So I, I learned this um, from when I, I used to do martial arts, I did it for a long time, and I was I was truly awful at it. And, and, I, and I, I taught martial arts too. So like if I was my student, I would have been complaining about myself constantly to people <laughs> listen. Like I was not very dedicated and I was not coordinated at all, which is why I was doing martial arts. And so um, and I would get frustrated because all these people would come who had just such great natural gifts and were you know naturally coordinated, were taller than me, were stronger than me. Um, even as I got to advanced ranks, even when I got my black belt, I was of six black belts. I wasn't the worst, but I was not the best by any stretch. Um, but it turns out that when all the people with natural talent quit, you're the best one left standing. And it's not always about being good at it at the beginning or being naturally good at it because I've seen plenty of kids who had natural talent and got bored and quit. Um, and it's not just martial arts. It applies to all kinds of things. Like, don't be discouraged when you're not immediately good at something because it's who, it's who sticks it out the longest who will ultimately be mm. good at it. So that's why I wish I told my I wish I'd figured that out sooner. But I tell to whoever will listen now. That's great advice for the spiritual life. Yeah, because I've met many people that have started very strongly and then have fallen off. And you think like this this person's going to be a saint, like they're on they're on their path. This yeah. is great. And then you're like, wait, what? Why did they stop following Christ two years later? You know. Yeah, and ultimately, if you have to struggle to get something, it just means all the more. And and you, and you remember being the person who who was bad at it, and you when you see that in others, it makes you a better person, a better mentor to them. I think so. It's I think all around it's it's better to not be first sometimes. So now, because you used to teach martial arts, yeah. Like, did you see those kids that reminded you of you? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. and I would tell them sometimes because by the time I was teaching, I was the last. I mean, I was you know, the oldest kid teaching. I, I was the highest ranked there, and I was pretty good at it. And so I think they just, and they didn't know me when I was bad at it. So I think they just assumed like, oh, well, Joe's just, Joe's, that's different. And they, and they saw their classmates who were naturally good. I would always say, no, listen, I was worse than you. Like, you know how you can walk across the room and not break a bone? Like, <laughs> that was a learning curve for me. So like, don't be discouraged. And also, if you quit, that's like, that's you giving up, mm-hmm. right? And so then, and so then this kid who's better than you does win. So they didn't have to work for it at all. Work for it, and then you'll realize in the end that it's not, again, it's, it's who's left standing. I was the best black belt for my class because they all quit and didn't get any better. They, they got the black belts, and that was the end of it. I wanted more, and so I mm. got better that way. I think, like you said, spiritual life is much the same way. That's awesome. Did you actually break a bone in martial uh, arts? Yeah. Do you want to hear the story? It's, it's just, yes, I do. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> there's this sweep we used to do called a puder kapala where you basically you throw you lift up someone's arm and throw their head underneath it so your whole body does like a full 360 oh cool and yeah in well, theory but um <laughs> good, cool. uh, this, this kid did it to me and in the middle of our school we had these two mats that weren't quite touching it's a little bit of a gap and as he threw threw me for the throw my little toe got caught between the mats Ooh. so my toe stood but the 
world turned, as you might say. <laughs> um, and I didn't notice it at first until I looked down and my foot was just like blown up like a balloon. I'm not sure if it was broken or not, but I was like, I was in so much pain. And I also was like a brown belt and I had to then go teach a little dragons or like help out a little dragons class. So I was like shaking and like red and like all puffy eyed. And I was like, great. Like, you know, so it ended up not being my worst injury by far, but it was only martial arts, serious martial arts injury, which I'm happy for. Oh, so that was the purpose of martial arts to get me to stop getting hurt all the time. So that worked as it turns out eventually. <laughs> something, it took something like six years, but. <laughs> oh gosh. Wow. Yeah. That sounds pretty painful. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Oh man. <laughs> I think what you're really talking about is um, growth, right? And I don't know. I remember growing up hearing other kids, it's like they would quit this or that, whether it was dance or a team, right? That's so common. Like, oh, the kid quit. And then like you ask the mom, oh, well, he didn't like it. It's like, well, did he not like it? Or was he just not like the best kid there to begin with? And like, why not be challenged? Mm. have to grow. And because growth is just improvement, right? I used to tell parents all the time, like, your kid doesn't want to be here. I don't want to be here for any continuous two-week period until I got my black belt and then didn't want to be here again. Like, that's not the point. Like, you know, <laughs> stick it out. I'd say, again, same thing with spiritual life. It's like, oh, you don't want to pray? Okay, well, then just don't, I guess, right? Like, you're not going to grow in spiritual life if you only pray when you want to, you know? Exactly. Exactly. That's funny, though, because I'm just remind, reminding myself of the, uh, the first time I ever joined a soccer team. I was in, like, kindergarten or first grade, and my mom took me to the first soccer practice. And I remember <laughs> this memory very clearly. I was like, you know, running like crazy. And then like half, halfway through the practice, I just said, I said to the coach, coach, I need to stop. And he's like, okay, you just go take a break. And I said, no, I need to stop <laughs> playing soccer, period. <laughs> and I walked off the field and I never went back. And to this day, soccer is not my thing. I played baseball where you get to stand around and not run. <laughs> if it wasn't for you, it wasn't for you, you know. It was definitely not for me. <laughs> yeah, I did swim team one summer at our swimming and tennis club. Roxbury, Diane and I both went to. It's swimming is so not my thing. I, I didn't like it at all. Uh, it is so boring to me, but I don't like anything really that doesn't have a ball, you know, or some kind of competition to it. But mm. I did stick out that summer, you know, to not quit. And I remember as like a third grader or something being like, wow, I am toned, you know. Uh, <laughs> but when it came to the meets, I would get so nervous and scared. I just would choke on the water and like <laughs> I couldn't even finish like the lap. And then I remember this, you know, the swim director coming over like, um, yeah, Keep your mouth closed, you know. That's but good advice. I just too. was not. Good advice. What about you, Diane? What would you say to your younger self? Um, I mean, <clears throat> I was a perfectionist, so I would just say you don't have to be perfect because that was, I mean, that it really was a, a burden um, that I carried when I was younger. I just always like I had to get like the top top grade, like you know. Um, and to the point where I didn't, and I'm not saying that life is all about like, oh, and you know, you do you and have so much fun and whatever, but like, you should be able to enjoy, you know, like <laughs> the present moment. So also just like be present to the present moment as opposed to always like thinking ahead about, you know, I'd just be planning in my head of like, when do I have the next thing that I have to, you know, like focus on and kind of just missing the excitement of today. Um, so I think that's really important because like Lauren said too, it's like, I don't know, like now I try to look at things of like, is this going to matter in like a month, two months, you know, like yeah, yeah. at that, the, at the time it just seemed like, and even through like early twenties, I was just like added so much or like made things to be so much more important than they actually were. Like, and totally had my priorities messed up. It was all about this like temporal stuff and like spiritual life, whatever, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, it was just like just messed up priorities. And so I think just anything, <clears throat> anything that becomes disordered, I mean, 
you do end up becoming not miserable, but or you can be you can be miserable. Um, oh, sure. But yeah, I mean, we're it's it's just a, uh, um, yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, all of this advice, you know, sometimes it's it's easy to take advice, and sometimes probably most of the time, at least for me, it's hard to take advice. You know, you hear it and you kind of bristle, and you're like, wait a second, I don't want to hear from you. You know, maybe it's the person, maybe it's the topic. So, but counseling the doubtful is actually one of the spiritual works of mercy, you know, is, is giving advice to someone and helping them to grow. How can we give advice so that it's well-received? That is a tough one. Well, as I've been learning, you can't just hit people with the truth. <laughs> That's really my default because I'm like, it's the truth, you know, like just accept it. But um, you've got to start wherever the person is at. So in a lot of cases, I don't think you can even bring God in, you know, but you can mm. maybe bring in mm. some of the values or uh, you got to lead people, you know, yeah, and listen to them. A friend of mine talks about compliment sandwiches <laughs> where you have a compliment, then the advice and then another compliment yeah. so that they feel very complimented and you still get the advice in there. Well, I think too, a lot of it, you know, when you're, when you're trying to give advice to people, um, you definitely want to form some sort of relationship and a relationship of trust, you know, so that the person knows that you care about them and you love them and that like any sort of advice that you're giving is coming from a place of like, you know, I'm willing you're good. I'm wanting what's good for you. I think another helpful thing is to kind of like, you know, provide some personal stories of, you know, making me like maybe say something like, well, in, in my past, in my experience, in my life, you know, just so that you make it sound like it's not necessarily directed to them. Um, but obviously talking about topics that are pertinent, um, I mean, something that I've been praying about and thinking about lately because a lot of my friends do come to me for, you know, personal and, and spiritual advice and things like that and um, fraternal correction, you know, like how do you do that? How do you do that well? Mm. Um, that's definitely something that, uh, I don't know, maybe Father Joseph, you have some some advice for me uh, <laughs> about how to give that because it's definitely something that I struggle with of like, well, you know, you don't want to rupture a relationship such that you know, this is, there's no possibility of future sort of dialogue. But at the same time, we have an obligation to, like Lauren said, to speak the truth. And um, yeah, you know, like, I just, I just wonder, like, at my particular judgment, am I, you know, I just don't want to have Jesus be like, well, you had all these opportunities to say something and you didn't, <laughs> you know, and I have to believe that God plants us and in, uh, in people's lives, he sends people to us and us to them, maybe for a reason. And, um, and maybe that reason is to, uh, you know, to open, open our hearts to Christ. But I just don't, in, in terms of the particulars, the time, the place to do that, how to do it, how to do it well, I struggle. I remember when I was a teen, I asked a priest about, um, you know, all of my friends would be taking God's name in vain. And it really bothered me because I was, you know, I never did that. And I found it really abrasive. And I asked, I was like, well, how do I correct them? And he said, use humor. Yeah. So like if someone's like, oh, my G-O-D, you'd be like, oh. Glad to hear you're praying finally. Mm. <laughs> I like that. You yeah. know, or something like that. You're just kind of. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like when you are giving advice to somebody, it's sort of, it's very vulnerable for them. And it can be very awkward to, to listen to someone correct you on something that you probably thought you were doing well. And so I think anything you can do to make them feel more comfortable, and humor is one of those things, or even like knowing the right venue. So like not in front of a bunch of people, right? <laughs> like, or not in front, like not 
in front of the person whom they aggrieved that's the the situation or something like that you know like knowing how to like being aware and sensitive to the fact that like this is very uncomfortable for them and not like just calling them out a bunch of front of a bunch of people or just like smacking them with the truth and then like you know yeah humor can totally be a a great thing you know it makes someone laugh they forget they're mad at you right so (laughs) yeah you can get a point across that way definitely but uh and and i like what you said diane about you know kind of sharing your own personal journey you know yeah because that's one of the things that that drives me a little crazy is when people give advice and they're not taking their own advice you know yeah no absolutely i mean you want to be real and and i think that like in my own experience my friends have opened up to me because i've been real with them about my struggles of like you know like make it very apparent that i am nowhere near perfect and that i don't have all these things figured out i still don't and i probably never will um but like you know to still kind of um yeah to be vulnerable vulnerable i guess um because none of us are perfect. So, oh, God. So I was going to say so. that. And that has the added benefit of, I mean, if someone is giving you advice, you, I at least take it a lot more seriously if they say, listen, I've had to struggle through this. I'm trying to save you figuring it out as I did. Like, if you say to somebody, look, this is something I've struggled with, and I'm trying to save you the time to figure it out yourself. Like, you know, this is my situation. I'm sharing through my life, right? Like, don't make the same mistake I did. That, I think, can be really, really powerful, but only comes from being willing to be vulnerable and share your own shortcomings, which is really tough. Yeah, it can be. It can be. So have you ever received like terrible advice? Hmm. I've received plenty of terrible advice. <laughs> I don't think I would. Something I you can I think of to share? Oh yeah, definitely from from many priests. Mm. Um, Uh-oh. You know. <laughs> like I'll never forget in in when I was about 19 years old, I was a seminarian. I joined right out of high school and so I was in college and I would have these sem- summer assignments and I remember at, at one summer assignment um the priest on the first day is like, would you like a beer? I'm like, oh I'm 19. He's like, just never forget there's no drinking age in a rectory. And I was like, oh, no, no, that's not, no, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> oh, man. God rest his soul. It's <laughs> funny. He's no longer with us, but. I'm sure that I've received plenty of terrible advice as well, but I just dismiss it immediately. You know, I'm always like, I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? Oh, that's good. In my yeah, own that's, mind. Yeah, that's like, my mindset too. That's probably yeah. why I can't remember it. I'm just like, you're ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not listening to you. I don't know. There's lots of fools out there who offer advice. Well, I think people have different opinions about things, right? So like I'm just thinking about dating and everything and some of the advice. I'm not I'm not going to go into details, but uh, some of the advice. I, our listeners want to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know. <laughs> people, Sorry. People crowd for details, right? <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> no, I mean, Juicy story. just just like playing playing the game. Uh, I, everyone has a different style, you know, to, to how they date. And I just. Um, do, do you guys get a lot of dating advice? I mean, all three of you are single. So. Yeah. Do, do you get a lot of dating advice? Yeah. Well, I think for at least women, there's like, um, oftentimes as things develop, right, you'll share kind of where things have gone and then you're trying, maybe trying to figure out where they're going to go. So you talk to one friend and they think this, you talk to another friend, they think you should do this, or he doesn't think this, or he does think this, right? It's like, (laughs) it's very common. And I, I don't know, I actually tend to find myself that kind of like Diane was saying, I think people come to me. Mm. with their situations often and um i think i'm a good kind of sounding board because i'm a logically oriented person i think some people are emotionally oriented um so they respond and react differently um i'm more of an even keel kind of a person so i try to ground things Mm. yes is what i would say and uh with the whole dating thing i'm a very like no games kind of a thing like 
so, be authentic. Don't wait to respond. You know, just like be your true self. So pointed question for you, for for both of you ladies, and and maybe for Joe too. Joe shaking his head no, <laughs> <laughs> but particularly like if if you have questions about dating, would you go to a friend of the opposite gender? Like, would you go to a guy and just ask him about, you know, I've got this relationship with this guy. Tell me, like, how guys think. Or Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would, would go you? to my brother about that. Okay. The thing. Okay. Yeah. Is this arrogant? I feel like I think I know how guys think. So <laughs> I don't. Guys don't even don't know really how guys think. Like yeah. I, <laughs> what are, they, what are the guys I, you do? I <laughs> guys are very they're, simple. It's a mystery to me. Yeah. Very I'm like, simple. they're simple. It is not hard to figure out. But I would definitely help a guy who came to me. Because I would, I would sometimes like maybe talk to my mom when I was in high school, be like, "Mom, why is this girl being weird?" <laughs> she's like, "Because she's a girl." <laughs> I think it's helpful. Yeah, it's funny because you can you turn to for different people for advice. Like, is there is there one person in your life that you kind of turn to for advice more than anyone else? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like your parents or siblings or friends or. There's a um, no. There's a priest in the diocese who I I trust, but I'm not so friendly with that I think it would necessarily make him give me change the judgment, the advice he'd give me. You know, because mm. like, like, like spiritual director. Yeah, well, well, not formally, but but like, but I mean, like, I mean, like, you know, I've known you for ten years, and I mean, I consider you a friend. I also trust your judgment, but I mean, I think that can. I'm biased. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it can sometimes muddy the waters a bit. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have a few of my parents, certainly for like life things, career things, a couple priests. Father Connaughton, you know, mm-hmm. spiritual things, Father Andy, my spiritual director. And then with Ultimate, there's two guys who are like yeah, a little bit older than me, like about 10 years that played before me. And so I constantly was getting advice from them. Were they like playing with the pie plates? <laughs> no. Oh, no, not, not that, that, not that not much older that than you. Okay. But they had, you know, accomplished kind of what I was seeking. You oh, know, cool. And they could be a good guide and, you know. Yeah, because I think we need these wise people in our life, mm-hmm. whoever they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love those kinds of conversations, you know. Mm-hmm. sharing like what your current situation is or your experience or like you know something i don't get and you talk to someone else and it's like oh you know it just clarifies things gives yeah. you a, a new direction yeah there are very few people in my life that i found who um very few priests i should say who who i think most people in general like to talk about themselves a lot not a lot of people like to l- listen and not a lot of people like to ask the other person about their life you know, so the few people that I have that are like, so tell me how you're doing. Because as a priest, I hear how everyone else is doing. You know, but the people that like sit down like, oh, just tell me how you're doing. That, they're the ones I'm like, all right, I need your advice on this and that. And what a gift that is, you know, to be able to give to someone just to be able to listen to them. Because I think people, as you as you guys both said, Diane and Lauren, people come to you for advice. So that's a, that's a high honor that they trust you. So thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Restless. Go seek out wisdom. Seek out wise friends. Sometimes the friends could be the saints and some of those who've gone before us. And seek out the greatest wisdom. Be humble enough to take that advice and really kind of uh, shape your life according to the wisdom that you've received. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Radio, 1350 AM. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get your podcasts, uh, restlesscatholicmedia.podbean.com. Or YouTube. Or YouTube. And also... Uh, check out the video series. We do have a, a Restless video series. If you haven't tuned in, please check it out. And also we're on Instagram, I think, right? Yes. I don't have Instagram, so... At Restless Catholic Media. Stay tuned. Tune in next time. Bye.